This is a Weekly Kate special episode. I have been sitting here in silence for longer than I would care to admit because I simply don't know how to start this episode. It is so emotional and I just, I'm quite frankly still in a little bit of disbelief that this has even happened. Queen Elizabeth II has died on September 8th, which is last week. If you're listening when this comes out and I know that I'm an American and I know that she was not, you know, the ruler of my country and I have no claim to England other than my ancestors. However, I am completely sad because despite what anyone living wants to say, if you hate the monarchy, if you are against monarchies in general, if you don't like the queen, if you don't like other royals for whatever reason, She was ours. She was our queen. She's the only monarch I have ever known. My entire life, she's been an older woman. So quite frankly, she's the world's grandmother. And I do feel that the world mourns her. For someone who spent the entirety of her life in public service and gave herself fully and completely to her country. We have to say thank you. And even as an American, how, you know, things are not directly for us or to us. I I can personally say that I, I will miss her greatly. And I am grateful for the things that she did when she was alive. And I am hoping tremendously that her family carries her legacy forward. I'm just so sad, you guys. I'm so sad. I, and I, and I realize that some people may think that ridiculous and I, frankly, I don't care. I just, we lost our queen and she was so cute and so regal at the same time, you know, and I just, I'm, I'm truly gutted, honestly. Like I'm, I'm, I'm truly gutted. Um, God, there's so much to say and yet I like can't, I can't find the words. I think when you talk about someone's legacy and you talk about someone's impact on the world, you look at what they did, but you also look at what they leave behind. And I hope greatly that the Royal family keep her spirit and tradition and sense of duty alive, which I think that they will. I I think, I think they were 
brought up by her and only her. So I think they have no choice, (laughs) but she was a woman who at the beginning of her life was never meant to be queen. She was the first daughter of the Duke and Duchess of York, her uh, parents, Elizabeth and Albert, who ended up being uh, Queen Elizabeth and Prince George's or King George VI. I think King George VI. After her uncle abdicated to marry an American, which if you don't know that, first of all, if you haven't watched The Crown, like you have to educate yourself because it's one of the best retellings. And second of all, the king abdicated the throne to his brother so he could marry an American who was divorced. At the time, they didn't have the rule that um, you could be on the throne and be involved with someone who's divorced. Now they have that rule because most of the royal family is divorced. Um, So at her birth, she was not meant to be queen. Had her uncle had a child, she would not have been queen. And I think that not only is a gigantic turning point in someone's life. But when you, when we talk about, you know, monarchies and Royal families and especially the English, they're, what am I trying to say? Their, um, idea is that they are meant by God to be Royal. They were put on this earth in the order that they were in the way that they were to be royal. And I think the queen has no other reason to believe otherwise because damn, did God want her to be queen or what? So her uncle, Prince Edward abdicated. Her father became king when she was 21 years old. And when she was 21, she realized that, holy shit, I'm going to be queen someday. Um, she, pledged a life of service to the people of the United Kingdom and, you know, the realms and all the, all the land that they have. (laughs) And at 26, she became queen because her father died. Her father died too soon. I have always been under the impression that she never properly grieved her father and spent the rest of her life missing him, which I completely understand. But you're 26 and now you have to be queen of a kingdom. You have two small children. You have, you know, a young, younger husband and a young marriage. And now suddenly you're queen. That's unbelievable. And she had her mother. Thank God. Her mother lived until 2002. She was 102 when she died. Um, but yeah, I, I truly believe that she was put on this earth to be queen and she did a hell of a job. 70 years is a long time to be in the same job. It's a long time to be the face, the ruler, the the sovereign. It's it's a hell of a long time. Not only was she head of the country, she's head of their church. She's head of state of many other countries. I don't know the list of many in the Commonwealth. And she's had to deal with a lot. And I'm just, I'm so sad. 
I'm so sad, you guys. I'm so sad. I miss her. And I just, I'm so interested to see where we go from here. I mean, I know where we're going. I, I'll explain it, but I just, to think of someone's life in the capacity that they have seven decades of service and like, so you come into this role, you're 26, you die at 96 and all of those years in between and all of those things and all the people that she met and all the, uh, political things that she had to see and all of the, you know, atrocities that she had to endure as leader and, you know, all it's just, it's a lot like our presidents are only president max eight years. And we've all seen those pictures of how stressed they look at the end of their term. And imagine multiplying that by nine, like, and I'm, and I'm not negating the fact that like, she's royalty. She lives in a castle. She has, you know, people and servants to do things for her. I get it, but come on, like ruler till your dying day. It's unbelievable. I, yeah, I just, I, the first thing that I thought other than, oh shit, now we're stuck with Charles, is that I'm grateful she's with Philip. Because if you follow the royal family as closely as I do, which I know most of you don't, (laughs) um, she has visibly and remarkably changed in the last year, physically. And I think that's simply because she had a broken heart because she lost him. And let me tell you, he held out as long as he possibly could. He was 99. And I don't, I don't think he wanted to go after her, but to lose your husband and have it be very clear that your health is declining in the year that he's gone is, it's just so sad to me. Every time we saw her, she was thinner and thinner. Every time we saw her, she was a little more delicate looking and then she had to use her cane in public. And the last photo of her, when she met Liz Trust, the new prime minister, she doesn't look good at all. And her hands are discolored and she's got, you know, spots or bruises and she's so thin. And I just, she looked happy. I'll say that she looked happy, but like until her last day, was she literally doing things? We don't know the cause of her death. We'll probably never know the cause of her death. Um, actually, no, we, well, may, maybe. I'll say maybe. I, we know her father died of pneumonia, but I don't know why we know that. You know, I would assume someone who felt sprightly enough to be photographed two days before they pass probably had some sort of event, like a stroke or, you know, some sort of cardiac issue or something like that. Um, Princess Anne in her statement said that she was fortunate enough to spend her mother's last 24 hours with her because she was already in Scotland. So that lends me to the idea that she had some sort of health crisis and then hopefully 
chose a peaceful and pain-free way to to go out, which, oh my God, like I cannot imagine the queen in pain. I simply cannot, like it, it hurts. But she died in Balmoral in Scotland, which we all know she loved Scotland so much. So did Philip. So I think that, I think that fitting, she's the first monarch to die in Scotland since the 16th century, which is kind of wild. Like that's crazy. Um, but it's still the UK. Currently it's still the UK. Apparently there's all this hullabaloo that they're going to leave the United Kingdom, but maybe not now. I just, I really feel for her. I know she missed Philip so much and it just, it just makes me so sad. (laughs) So sad. I have been following along very closely to what the daily offerings are from the Royal family. And essentially we're a week out from her death. And since she died in Scotland, they had to do a few days worth of other things in Scotland to prepare her to come back to England. Um, They like the, excuse me, the way she was brought back, she drove in a, not caravan, but like, you know, her escort all the way down Scotland to Edinburgh, where she uh, laid in state, I think, for a day and then came back to London. Now she's at Westminster Hall and she will be there for four days, lying in state, um, 23 hours a day open to visitors to pay their respects. And then her funeral will be, will be at Westminster Abbey next Monday, the 17th. Um, as far as I can tell, everybody in the royal family is included. The king, King Charles, and his queen, Camilla. So let me just clarify. King Charles is the king because he was the queen's heir and firstborn son. Well, firstborn, they got rid of that gender crap many years ago. He was always the heir. Everyone saying, Charles should abdicate and give us William, blah, blah, blah. I disagree. Whether you like him or not, the basis of being heir is tradition. And I think it would be a slap in the face to his mother to abdicate, to do what her uncle did to her father and throw his son into a situation that he's not ready for. William still has young children. William and Kate have young kids. It is not appropriate at this time for him to be king. And the line of succession is the line of succession for a reason. And for the queen to believe her whole life that she was destined to be queen by God, she would feel the same way about Charles. And I'm seeing a lot of things like, oh, Princess Anne should be queen, blah, blah, blah. That's not how it works. We don't get to pick our monarch. If we did, it would be a democracy and they wouldn't be king or queen. So I am not against Charles being king, which is a crazy statement. I know I, I don't think he will be king for a long time. I would say he's 74 going to be 74. How old is Louis? 
He's 73, you're going to be 74. If he makes it to 90, I'll be very surprised. Which means William just turned 40, so he would be 55, 56, and Louis would be 20. I can live with that. Does he have 15 years? I simply do not know. That's not up to me. I thought the queen would live longer than 96, but here I am. I was wrong, which sucks, you know. And then Camilla is queen consort. She is a queen, but not the sovereign reigning monarch. So that's why consort comes after queen, because she is a queen because she's married to a king, but she's not the reigning sovereign. So, and this is the reason when Queen Elizabeth was alive, that Philip was a prince. She made him a prince because he was mad that he was outranked by his baby, by Charles. But he could not be king because she was the sovereign. You cannot usurp the sovereign. Which, like, I realize that I have a little more education than most people when it comes to this. Because, like, I love the royal family and I, I'm involved. But, like, people seem so baffled by that. Like, oh, why wasn't Philip a king? Like, because you can't be a king when the queen is sovereign. Like, it, it, it's so irritating to me. Like, because. Because it's a rule. That's why. That's the rule. So, and the queen, when she was alive on her ascension day in February, said that Camilla would be consort once Charles is king. That is also her wish. They changed the rule. Oh, my God decades ago, it has to be that the, well, technically Henry VIII changed the rule <laughs> technically because he wanted to get divorced. And that's why they left the Catholic church and all this blah, blah, blah. Um, they changed the rule that the partner of the sovereign could be divorced because for a while it was like, Camilla's not going to be queen because she's divorced. And they changed that. I don't know when they changed that, but it's been a long time. They got married in 2005. So, I mean, it's been, it's been a long time. They've been longer. They've been married longer now than he was married to Diana, which I also keep seeing a bunch of propaganda. That's like, Diana should be queen. Diana should be la la la. First of all, they got divorced. She would have never been queen. She, when she died, she was princess of Wales and Camilla, when she married Prince Charles was Princess of Wales because he is Prince of Wales, but she never took that title out of respect for William and Harry. And say what you want, that's very admirable. That's very admirable. She's like, I'm not going to stomp on your mother's grave. Okay, thank you. That's very kind. Thank you very much. So anyway, we have King Charles. His siblings' titles don't change. His sister is the princess royal. She will remain the princess royal until she dies. Um, And then I believe it will go to Charlotte. Then Prince Andrew is technically still the Duke of York, which he will keep that. That is when he dies, we don't know what's going to happen to that title. When he dies, technically it could go to Harry 
or it could be given back to every title goes back to the sovereign and then they give it away. So we'll see, I guess, technically if Charles wanted to, he can give it to Louis. Oh, I bet that's what he'll do. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That sounds right. I bet that's what he'll do. And then um, Prince Edward, who was the Earl of Wessex, when Philip died, he always wanted to be the Duke of Edinburgh, which was his father's title, which Charles now holds, but he would have to give it to his brother. And there's some rumblings that he wouldn't. I really don't know why. Like, I don't know what this does for, like, you're already king, you know, just like give this to your brother. He wanted it his whole life, you know? Um, William and Catherine became the Prince and Princess of Wales, which is per usual because he is heir to the throne. Um, their children's titles don't change except now they are technically Prince and Princess of Wales, the Duke and Duchess of Cornwall and Cambridge. So their children are Prince and Princes and Princess of Cornwall and Cambridge, but they can also use Wales. It's, it, it's like a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of land that they get, essentially. There's a lot of money that they get now. Um, who else? Technically, as grandchildren of the sovereign, Harry's children, Archie and Lilibet, are eligible to be prince and princess. I don't know how that's going to go. I don't know if Charles will extend it. I don't know if they would take it. They live in America. And I think it's pretty clear that they wouldn't want it. You know? I don't know. And there's this whole not theory. There's this whole thing right now that Charles is scaling back the working royals and the royal family. And I think for him to give princess titles to Harry's kids would not fulfill that appropriately because politically there's a lot of anti-monarchy going on in the UK and the scaling back was to essentially spend less taxpayer money. And, you know, the taxpayers are well aware of those royal family. Like they're not, you know, it's not like, Oh, where's my tax money going to like, they know, but having a ton of working Royals is only more and more expensive. So I would imagine it's going to stay Charles and Camilla, William, Catherine, and their kids. And that's it with the other, other Royals, like his siblings and other doing things. But once they are gone, I don't think that they are going to continue. I think the Royal family will just be a straight line down. That may change once. Let's see. Well, if William becomes king in his 50s, George would be in his 20s. He could feasibly have kids. Feasibly, but probably not. So I think it would I think it would still just be the Cambridges currently. That's my guess. Um as we all know, I don't know how, if, if you don't know this by now, I, I, I cannot help you. Harry and Meghan were actually in the UK for something other than being royal that they were doing, which I'm grateful for because could you imagine Harry having to fly from California to the UK hearing that his grandmother had died? It's horrible. That's awful. Um, they... So 
they were already there. And I realize this is on no one's agenda, you know, but now essentially they're stuck in the UK and they have to do all the Royal family things. And I don't know if this was ever discussed between the two of them when they were in California and they're like, when my grandmother dies, we're going to do this, this, and this. I don't know. But now they're in the throes of it. And they did a walkabout with William and Kate several days ago in Windsor. And apparently invitation was extended by William, but I'm sure his father was like, take your brother, look like a united front, you know, because that's the thing. And I'll go back to this over and over. The Royal family is about tradition and it's about duty and it's about not, not, it's not, not about having a stiff upper lip and like do like do for your country, do for your family, but it also is like, so like buck up Harry and Megan and go walk about with your brother for your grandmother, you know, like this is your duty as their grandson to do this. And I think that gets a lot of heat when it's like, oh, you know, everything's about duty and the Royal family and, you know, what you're supposed to do and stand up straight and march and walk. Yes. That's what the Brits are known for. This is their traditions. This is it. Like this is what they do best. And it's, I, I have no qualms with people having a stiff upper lip or like doing what they feel called to do or, you know, doing what is tradition. I don't, maybe it's the English in me. I have no idea, but it, to me, that's the right thing to do. It's the respectful thing to do. So they're there. Megan looks wildly uncomfortable in every picture, in every thing. She and Harry are constantly holding hands, which I'm not going to grab about that anymore. I think it's on purpose at this point because he needs to physically keep her back because she's going to forget royal protocol and just walk in front of everybody. And I'm sorry, like, Again, I'm a stickler for tradition. There is a inheritance line for a reason. There is a respect like ladder for a reason. William and Kate walk first. You walk second. Harry knows that. He grew up that way. Megan didn't. And it's not in her consciousness and I can forgive her for that. But like, if you need to hold her hand to physically keep her back so she doesn't do the wrong thing, fine, fine whatever. What I am tired of is hearing like, oh, William and Kate hate each other. They walk so far apart. They don't touch each other. They don't hold hands. They're not going to. Did the queen and Philip ever hold hands in public? No. Did they ever like canoodle in public? No. The kiss at their wedding is all we get for the rest of time. Because first of all, we don't have to be privy to the intimacies of their marriage, first of all. And secondly, that's what is appropriate. That's what the queen told them to do, and they're going to do it for forever. Charles and Camilla don't hold hands. And so you walk a foot apart. Are you kidding me? I've been married for five years. I don't hold hands with my husband everywhere I go. I'm like, like, get off me, you know, like 
just don't don't walk away, but like don't walk so like you don't have to be like attached to my hip. You know, they've been married for 11 years. Their grandmother just died. Kate's known the queen for 20 years. They are very sad. They don't need to be hanging on one another in order to prove that. And like, I know the rumors and all of this, you know, tabloid BS that like, you know, they don't get along and they hate each other and he's cheating on her, blah, blah, blah. I don't subscribe to any of that being true because I don't think he would threaten the, threaten the livelihood of his children. But we're never going to know if it's true. We're never going to know if it's false, honestly, either. And we're not going to know the intimacies of their marriage. Get over that. The Brits don't care. They are the, they are the new prince and princess of Wales. They have to be stoic and appropriate. That's what it is. So it's just, it's a lot. Okay. I am going to try to get through this next part and I may not do a good job, but I want to read the formal announcements from the Royal family. This one is from the Prince and Princess of Wales. Actually it's from, it's mostly from William. On Thursday, the world lost an extraordinary leader whose commitment to the country, the realms and the Commonwealth was absolute. So much will be said in the days ahead about the meaning of her historic reign. I, however, have lost a grandmother. And while I will grieve her loss, I also feel incredibly grateful. I have had the benefit of the queen's wisdom and reassurance into my fifth decade. My wife has had 20 years of her guidance and support. My three children have got to spend holidays with her and create memories that will last their whole lives. She was by my side at my happiest moments. And she was by my side during the saddest days of my life. I knew this day would come, but it will be some time before the reality of life without granny will truly feel real. I thank her for the kindness she showed my family and me. I thank her on behalf of my generation for providing an example of service and dignity in public life that was from a different age, but always relevant to us all. My grandmother famously said that grief was the price we pay for love. All of the sadness we feel in the coming weeks will be a testament to the love we felt for our extraordinary queen. I will honor her memory by supporting my father, the king, in every way I can. Okay. Don't cry. Don't cry. Oh my God. But like, yes, you know, again, like (sighs) dignity, respect, duty to the realm. Like he, oh my God, he's going to be such a good king. Oh my God. Where was Harry's statement? Hang on. I don't think I'm not crying. I have, well, I'm, I'm not, not crying. I just have, I have allergies. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, let me find Harry's statement. Cause Harry's was cute too. Harry said, in celebrating the life of my grandmother, Her Majesty the Queen, and in mourning her loss, we are all reminded of the guiding compass she was to so many in her commitment and service to duty. She was globally admired and respected. Her unwavering grace and dignity remained true throughout her life and now her everlasting legacy. Let us echo the words she spoke after the passing of her husband, Prince Philip, the words which can bring comfort to all of us now. Life, of course, consists of final partings as well as first meetings. (sighs) 
Granny, while this final parting brings us great sadness, I'm forever grateful for all of our first meetings. From my earliest childhood memories with you to meeting you for the first time as commander in chief to the first moment you met my darling wife and hugged your beloved great-grandchildren. I cherish these times shared with you and the many other special moments in between. You are already sorely missed, not just by us, but by the world over. As it comes to first meetings, I know, and as it comes to first meetings, we will now honor my father and his role, new role as King Charles III. Oh boy. I feel so sad for the queen because the last years of her life were very hard. She had a son who was associated with a international disgusting pedophile sex trafficker. Her grandson left the family because he felt trapped and tortured. She lost her husband. And that, if I'm Andrew or Harry, I feel an immense sense of guilt. And I'm sure that they probably do. But like you put your grandmother and your mother through this in her 90s. And, and Harry will, you know, say continuously that they have, a, they had a great relationship and they would always zoom and it was never about the queen. Fine. But it was still about somebody. It was about her family. It was about her institution. You kept shitting on the institution that she was leader of. And Andrew, for God's sake, just like being the selfish piece of shit that it just, I, I cannot imagine. I cannot. And Andrew allegedly was her favorite. After that, no fucking way. No way. I just, I, I think that is so, that is so sad that her last years, instead of being around her great grandchildren and enjoying the years were spent like that with this turmoil, with this peril, with this news and interviews and fucking books and just like Harry's writing a book that's being, that was supposed to be published at the end of this year. What the hell is in that? And you write it with the idea that your grandmother is still alive. So what the fuck are you going to tell the world that we don't already know? Stop shitting on her. Like, I'm sorry. Like it's, it's horrible. Like you do all this shit. Then your grandfather dies. And then for a year, you continue to, you know, say your piece and live in your, um, you know, in your safety bubble and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now this happens. And now it, like, is it not evident that, like, you were part of her pain? I'm sorry. Like it, it has to be, it, it has to be so obvious to him. And do we know for sure that she met his daughter? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's awful. It's horrible. It is so horrible what he put her through. I'm sorry. Like it. Ugh. And then now, so the whole thing with 
them leaving, <clears throat> excuse me, them leaving the royal family and wanting to blaze a new path or whatever, whatever, was never about the queen. It was never about my grandfather. It was always about others. Okay. Well, those others are your father and your brother who are now king and prince of Wales. You literally have to bow to your father who you shit on in the press. And how does that sit? You know, like, and I don't know how you talk about a sense of like stoicism and dignity and, you know, poised behavior when you're out here acting like that. Like, don't shit on her legacy, you know, like her, like, by the way, Harry, her legacy is not you. Her legacy is Charles and William and their children. Her legacy is not you because you shit all over it. And it irritates me because this woman who we loved so much spent the last years of her life sad. And it breaks my fucking heart. It breaks my heart for her because she doesn't deserve that. She doesn't, she doesn't deserve that. I, anyway, I don't know if there's any other reactions that I found. I did see this um, note from a uh, flower giver in London and I will read it to you. It hurts, ma'am. It hurts so bad. We're not ready to bid you farewell. You have taught us everything except how to live in your absence. Our hearts are shattered in pieces. A world without you is simply unimaginable. A Britain without its platinum queen is unimaginable. You are irreplaceable. Wherever you are, never stop going and protecting us like you have done all these years. Wake us up and tell us it's just another bad dream because the pain is unbearable. After all, like Philip to you, you are our strength and stay. Thank you for our love and eating your marmalade sandwich. Oh my God. Ugh. Apparently in London, at least the, I don't know, presiders over where you lay flowers or I get, I don't know if it's the police, but they said to stop leaving Paddington's and marmalade sandwiches because there were already too many. And I just like, I just die. I just, I just die. <laughs> and you know, The British way of celebrating the life of somebody is like, you know, a period of mourning and all of these processions and official gatherings and a very public funeral and very public mourning and all that. I do really feel for the royal family because they don't get to grieve in private. They have to do all of this, you know, showing up and stoic behavior and all of, all of this stuff for two weeks. And then, and then what life is not normal, you know, like poor Charles, when they were uh, standing vigil in Scotland, he was crying. They all looked so broken and, and they have to be there. And, and I'm sure they're, they're, they're agreeable to be, I don't want to say happy, but they they are, more than accepting to be there. It's just like, you can't grieve your mother in private. And like, at least for Charles, there have been a few moments in the press in the recent days where he's like mad about his pen or his pen exploded. And like, there's crap in his way that he's like, 
making snickery faces and like not doing well because he isn't doing well. He lost his mother. He is overwhelmed. He is sad. Those four kids, given they're all in their 70s and 60s, lost their mother and their father within a year, year and a half. That is insurmountable loss. And then not only that, you lose your sovereign. You lose your leader. That's horrible. I just, ugh. It makes me, it makes me so sad. I'm, I'm sad for the whole royal family. You know, all of the siblings and cousins that don't have titles or whatever. I, someone that I am especially sad for is Sarah Ferguson. She was married to Prince Andrew until they got divorced in like, well, 1990 something, six. Because she is not a part of anything. Prince Philip famously hated her. Famously. That's why he didn't go to Eugenie's wedding. It's because he hated her and it was her daughter and she was there. But I'm sure she is grieving in private. I just, I, I know that she probably would want to thank the public and all that. Because is it really fair that she's not involved? Because I don't think the queen really had an issue with her. Come these later decades. I really don't. I don't think so. I think we would have heard about that. But I just, ugh. I miss the queen. She was so sweet. I do have somewhat of good news. The corgis that lived with her have been um, rehomed. They're going to live with the Duke and Duchess of York. So they're going to live with Andrew and Sarah. Yes, they are divorced, but they live together. They've lived together since they got divorced. I think they got divorced like on a technicality because like their behavior was abhorrent, you know, but they still live together. Um, but the corgis are going to live with them in their, on their estate and they're going to be loved. And that's what we can ask for the corgis. So let me just clarify the line of succession. It goes as, as this Charles, who is King Charles III, his son, William, who was Prince of Wales at this point, And then his son, George. After George, who is nine, is his sister, Charlotte, and his brother, Louis. After Louis, it is Harry. After Harry, it is Archie. And then Lilibet. After Lilibet, who would be what, eighth in line to the throne? Yeah, it goes to Prince Andrew. What do you think? That doesn't make any sense. It does because you have to go from heir apparent all the way down in their family tree and then go all the way back up to who came next after the heir apparent. It makes sense. I, yeah, that's a lot. Which like, it's baffling to me that Harry wants no part of the royal family, but he's still in line of succession. Technically by birth. I know. Like, it's the way it's supposed to be. I get it. But, like, he wants nothing to do with it. He just wants to be Harry. So let him be Harry. Let him go away. And then after Andrew are his daughters, uh, Eugenie and Beatrice. And then after them, 
It's Edward and his kids. Yeah. Yeah. And then after Edward and his kids, it's Anne and her kids. Because they changed the rule before Charlotte was born that if there is, that essentially if a daughter came before a son, that the daughter is heir by birthright and not by gender. So it doesn't go George, Louis, Charlotte. It goes George, Charlotte, Louis. It makes sense. It makes sense. Hopefully we never have to fucking deal with like who's 11th in line to the throne. Like God forbid. Oh my God. God forbid. I don't know what else to say. I'm very sad about the queen. I'm going to be very sad for a long time. I keep looking at all my things that have the queen on them and I'm just like, (laughs) our sweet queen. I watched a special a few years ago. I think it's on discovery or history channel. It was about the queen and her life. It was before the plot and Jubilee. So like they just, it was just a special. And they referred to her as the queen. And one of the opening lines was there are many Queens, but there is only one, the queen. And it's going, we're not going to have a, the queen ever again. And there are many Queens of Europe. There are many heirs to thrones in Europe. That I think most of them are going to have Queens. Uh, Princess Lenore of Spain, uh, Princess Elizabeth in Belgium. Um, oh, what's Queen Maxima's daughter's name in Denmark, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, and Finland, I think all have female heirs, Spain, Belgium, possibly Monaco, like a lot, like a lot, a lot of, a lot of European royal families have Queens coming up, which means George is like the only King in the future generation, which like, not that they marry like interfamily anymore, but like, that could be like pretty baller, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to be King. You want to go on a date? And she's gonna be like, no, I'm going to be queen. <laughs> like, no, 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 we don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that stopped with your great, great, great grandmother. Like enough, you know, Ugh. I do hope that I live to see George coronated, which that's a hefty ask. <laughs> that is a hefty, hefty ask, but like, please, I just want to see it. I just want to see it. I just, yeah. Because unless George has a daughter first, there will only be kings in the line as far as I'm alive. And which that's how God wants it. Oh, I miss the queen. I miss her so much. Like the Christmas address this year is going to be from Charles. What? And like, again, I'm not going to be all like anti-Charles. I hate him. Mm. But like, is he anybody that anyone prefers? No. Everyone's harping about Diana and like, yes, he was horrible to her. He married a baby. Like, I totally agree, but everybody else let it happen. And she, and she loved him. I just, excuse me. I just, you know, if this is the way it's going to be, that's fine. But I do think for the entirety of Charles's reign, which let's say it's 15 years, let's say, 
MI5 don't come for me. Like, I'm just guessing here. Like, I don't have a plan or anything. Like, it's not, it's not for me. I'm just, just guessing. His entire reign will be a remembrance of his mother. It's not going to be about him and his kingness, king ability. It's going to be, we miss the queen. I do think that when William is king, it will be independent of the queen and his father. But I will say, I do think his father's death will affect him greatly because it's been his only living parent the last 25 years. So I think that will be very interesting to see. And actually, Prince Edward said a couple years ago when he was talking about how he wanted to be the Duke of Edinburgh and, you know, all of those title changes, he was like, I don't, I, I talk about this now, but it's going to be hard when it actually happens because both my parents have to die in order for me to have that. And that, like, for some reason really struck me. Like, it's not lost on them that, you know, all of this succession and movement and, you know, title changes, all that happened because somebody dies. And while they are stoic and stiff upper lip and, you know, duty, 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 like it's still, they're still a family. Like they still love each other. They're a family. And I just, I miss a queen. I miss a queen so much. I'm so sad. I made tea last night and I took out my majesty or her majesty cup and my queen tea tin. And I was like, oh. And like, I'm an American, I know, but I'm 20% English and that 20% is really fucking sad. (laughs) Really, really sad. I saw a cartoon little drawing of like, of what would be the queen and Philip sitting on a little blanket in heaven. And it was like, welcome home, Lilibet. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh God. It's so horrible. Her funeral is going to be so fucking sad. Oh my God. The trumpets and the all boys choir. Oh my God. It's going to be so much. I have to work that day, which like not great for me, but maybe it'll be a distraction. I just, I loved the queen so much. I don't feel this way about Charles. <laughs> like I, I'm not like, Oh, I love him. No, I I, I don't. I, I res- sure. I respect him. Fine. I just, queen did so much in her life so much good she brought so much joy to people and i'm not an expert in british politics and i realize that there's a lot of shit there was a lot of shit going on and all this you know all the things with commonwealth countries and non-commonwealth countries and the irish and the and india like i i understand but it just that was a tear i I have to admit like I, i am really sad One thing I loved about her so greatly is how she used to say, how will anybody see me if I wear a boring color? So she was wearing these bright colors all the time. And I just, I love that. And I feel like you knew how happy she was based on how bright her outfit was. Like she wore this super bright yellow dress, dress coat and hat to William and Kate's wedding. And she just looked so pleased, you know? 
And it just, that to me is so cute. Like she always wore a matching hat and coat and her sweet little bags. And it just, oh God. It's, I'll miss her. Like we're not going to talk about Charles's suits, you know, like she was our granny. She was the world's granny. And she's gone. <laughs> I'm so sad. I went to sleep last week thinking to myself, I've never gone to sleep without the queen. And now I've had to. And I just, I, I mourn with the British people. I really do. I, I truly do. I truly mourn with you because she was such an extraordinary woman who was called to do so much. And I, I feel like she, she stepped up to the plate. She did it. She was the first coronation ever, ever to be televised. She was the first Christmas speech ever to be televised. She was the first Royal to do a walkabout and be with her people, which was groundbreaking. She was present in most, if not all of her, like, fanfare, like riding on the horse, shooting the gun, like doing all the things. She gave permission to Anne to, you know, be in the place of men, which was not done. Anne has been in every procession, every, uh, what's that? Like vigil standing, everything that are supposed to be only men, Anne is there. And say what you want about like a monarchy and rules, whatever, that's freaking groundbreaking. And I realize in today's age where it's like, it may not be so groundbreaking, but it still is. And Anne is in her seventies, you know, like she's, if she's, if Charles is 74, she's 72, 71. So like she's lived her whole life with her mother, giving her permission to be, to be where the men are. And that to me is amazing because as somebody, as a stickler for tradition, she broke that rule. She broke that barrier, you know, like that, that's amazing. She served as a nurse in World War II. Like the queen was alive for the entirety of World War II. She remembers VE Day. She remembers it. She walked, she ran through the crowd. She celebrated with the country that they beat the Nazis. Are you fucking kidding me? Like no other ruler alive saw world war two, except for her. 70 years is a long time. And I just, we're never going to have someone like that again. She lasted through 14 or 15 U S presidents. I think she met every single one except Johnson. I think that's what I, from what I saw, I just, Ugh, our poor queenie. And I don't, I, I think about like her dying and maybe having like an event or something. And like, I just, I just hope so much that she didn't have any pain and that she didn't suffer. And that like, she, that she was okay. And like, maybe that it was her choice. Like the nurse in me is like, oh my God, like what if she did have a stroke? What if she was in pain? Like, what if she was bleeding or like something? Like, it just like, Oh my God. Like I, ugh. like I was talking to my mom about it and like, I'm sure at a certain point, like she was a DNR. Like, I don't know if you could be a DNR 
when you're sovereign, I, I guess you could, like it's your choice, but like, I'm, I'm, I just hope that it was peaceful because no one's commented on the like state of her death. You know, I, I'm assuming it was, I hope, I hope to God that it was, but you know, they're not going to comment on her death again. Like, I don't know that we're ever going to find out her cause of death. I don't know if they do an autopsy. Could you imagine being that person who has to like cut the queen's skull open? Holy shit. Oh my God. No. Oh my God. Oh. Oh my God. Absolutely not. No. Ugh. Poor queen. I, I, I feel for her. I really do. And I feel for the British people and I feel for the royal family. And it just... It's impossibly sad. I guess the only thing I have to equate it to is when um, H.W. Bush died because all the other presidents we've lost, I was too young to really like have a cognizance. And it's important. And, you know, he served our country in, in many ways. And he was an important figure and he did a lot. And there's pomp and circumstance, but like there's something about a British state funeral that's just like, ugh. Cause like, I don't feel personally about HW, you know, like, I don't like, thank you for your service and whatever, whatever. But like, we didn't have you for 70 years. We had the queen for 70 years. Ugh. So sad. All right. I think I've rambled on for long enough. Um, I do want to end this with a sweet thing that Prince Louis said. He's four. And Kate was the one that had to tell her children that the queen had passed, which, oh my God. Like our Gangan is gone. You have to, oh God. Um, And I guess Louis looked at her and said, but she's with great grandpa now. I'm like, oh, the wherewithal of a little boy to say that is like, oh my God. And I just, again, I will say that like, I know that they're a royal family and, you know, they have a job to do, but they were a real family. They are a real family. And it just, it just guts. It just guts, you know. I'm sure I forgot to say many of the things I love about the queen. I'm just very sad. <laughs> I will, um, of course, recap her funeral next week. If I forgot to mention or explain anything, please let me know. I am more than happy to do that as your, you know, royal watcher. And I miss the queen. I miss the queen immensely. I miss what she was to the world and I miss what she stood for. And I'm very hopeful that Charles brings that, those same values into his reign, I guess. I see no reason to believe that he won't. I just, it's just different. It's different now. And yeah, I think we, only time will tell how things will go and only time will tell how long he will be king. And that's all I got. God save the queen. <laughs>